2: What is going on, everybody, and welcome into a March eighth edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. I'm your host Julian Edlow. You can find me on Twitter at Julian Edlow. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. Yes, we ran out of room for the S. Um, no, Steve Buchanan. If you're listening, if you're watching, uh, you see the the two man booth still. Steve is uh, waiting for baseball to start again, so he may be waiting for for a while. Send him your your well wishes. Um, but that's fine because we're just going to bring in a guest today. It's March. Anyway, we'll talk some t- college hoops. We're bringing in Thomas Kasali. You can find him on Twitter at the Tom Casali college basketball, college football over at NBC sports bet. Thomas, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Uh, we love to bring guys in that know their college hoops. And, uh, that is certainly something you're, you're all over. And those that follow you on Twitter, um, know that and here we are we're recording right around noon on the east coast on on tuesday of conference tournament week getting ready for one of the best weeks of the year because it's all types of afternoon college hoops we get some on tuesday but really the bulk of it with the better team starts wednesday thursday friday and just goes right through selection sunday so it's a great time to be a uh, a college hoops better i will say before we dive into these games um we're going double guest show today. So after Thomas jumps off, we're going to be joined by Jeff Goodman, um, college hoops writer, to go over all sorts of his takes on uh, on conference tournament week and the big dance and uh, see what he has to say. He was there covering uh, Coach K's final game at Cameron on uh, on Saturday, where we cashed UNC plus 11 and a half. I, I was too much of a coward to sprinkle the money line.
0: Thomas, you have anything on that one? I did not. I uh, I thought the line was way too high. He obviously inflated because you're going to get a lot of people on the on the Coach K last game. But I, I still don't I'm still not a buyer in North Carolina. I, I, I'd i have to see more in the ACC tournament before I really you know, get into them for the NCAA tournament.
2: Let's maybe start there. That was a good transition because I'm not, I'm not a Carolina buyer either. I just saw the 11 and a half. And yeah, thought Duke could be tight. Duke could be distracted, more pressure there and took it. And had no expectations of Carolina grinding out that win that firmly puts them in, uh, in the field. Um, but I think the ACC is interesting. I do have a bet on the ACC. I laid the minus 125 with Duke to win the ACC tournament. Now, I know that I, I think you have a play here, right? Mm-hmm. On, on the other side of the bracket. Now, I think if you want to take like some Notre Dame, some Virginia, some Virginia Tech at big numbers that's fine with me and maybe turn it into a hedging opportunity. I just think that on Duke's side of the bracket, you're going to get like Syracuse FSU, then a Miami or a Wake, and boom, you're, you're in the, the title game. That just seems too easy to me, especially when you have that wake-up loss that you know Coach K is going to you know, rag them out for. We're going to get the best version of Duke, I think, especially early in this ACC tournament. Um, and maybe there is a little added motivation to get him his last ACC tournament, uh, especially given what we saw on on Saturday. And then once you're there, obviously Duke's way bigger than minus 125, no matter who they're playing because of how down the ACC is this year. So I am in on Duke. I just, I, the, the lower level of talent in the ACC this year, combined with the loss on Saturday, just sold it for me. Um, but I know you have a little bit different of a strategy here, which I don't necessarily disagree with. So let us know where you're at.
0: Yeah, I mean, the way I look at tournaments is kind of the way you laid it out. Uh, I, I took Notre Dame at 10 to one, because they're not in Duke's bracket, you know, if they were playing Duke in, in the quarters of the semis, I, I wouldn't take them. But I thought there was a little bit of value on Notre Dame simply because of what we just said about North Carolina. Now I think North Carolina is a little overvalued, and I like the way Notre Dame matches up with them in a potential uh, in a potential uh, matchup. But see, the th- you mentioned another team. I think that Virginia if Virginia Tech wins its first round game. Virginia Tech and Notre Dame is going to be interesting because I think the winner of that game has a good chance to get to the final I don't know if Virginia has the team this year to make a run and again I think people are people are listen more people probably watch Notre uh Duke North Carolina than the other 10 top college basketball games so far this year combined right so you're going to overreact to that so yeah if you were going to bet the ACC tournament I would take either strategy I would go with Duke who's deservingly the overwhelming favorite or I would look for a team you like in that bottom half of the bracket get to the final game and then you can uh, hedge out and uh, lock in some money that's what I was going to ask you so
2: is your plan assuming Duke doesn't have a monster letdown against one of those teams they would see on their side of the bracket are you looking at maybe laying some Duke if it gets there with Notre Dame and if so why not do the you know minus 125 ish now because of you know, what those two games to get there would look like.
0: Yeah, I am. I am considering that as well as taking a little bit on Duke too. Um, You know, I locked in Notre Dame early because I saw the, I look at the lines right away. And if if something's kind of sticking out to me, like a sore thumb, uh, I'll I'll jump on it. I kind of wanted to see where that Duke line was going to go. Uh, But you're right, Uh, I'll probably uh, hedge a little bit by taking dupe now. So I won't have to at the end. But that's the thing when you take like a longer shot, you have different options, you know, I'm a big futures better. And I think one of the things on Twitter that gets a little confusing is people think you have to actually win that bet to win money, right? (laughs) You're looking for good numbers. So you can find ways to lock in some money. Uh, You don't want to wait eight months you know, and then uh, especially with longer futures and end up with nothing. Right. So yeah, this is Duke. And then another play down low on the bracket. If you think you have a, if you think you have a live dog.
2: Exactly. Last year, I had the Zags plus a thousand, really good number to win it all. And I was going nuts after the national championship game. People were like, what are you talking about? You had Zags plus a thousand. I was like, uh, yeah, I got to bet Baylor is an underdog in that game. Yeah. And did fantastic baylor whatever right. plus 170 and did fantastic. Um, so it's an investment, use it to make money uh, down the line. Um, let's see, as I told you before we go on, I didn't even do a run of show. So I'm just going through my head here. We're just having fun talking college basketball. We're already, we're already let's do it this way. Let's go chronological here. We'll we'll start with Tuesday since this podcast is being recorded on Tuesday. We'll avoid some of the afternoon games. Um because by the time you guys are listening to this, they've probably already happened or in progress, and then we'll come back and talk some some conference tournament stuff. Um, this Tuesday board, what jumped out to me right away this morning, I was waiting for the Zags' first half line to come out against St. Mary's, and I backed the Zags. Minus seven, it dipped for a second to six and a half. I was like, okay, fine, I have to add a little more, and now it's settling back in, and I'm, I'm leaving it alone. But I have a two-unit bet on the Zags' first half, Obviously, uh, another and I'm I'm making myself look good right now. I'm I'm not a huge underdog better. I I generally am betting favorites, but I had the Carolina one and the other recent big dog that I bet was St. Mary's plus 10 and a half hosting Gonzaga, um, whatever that would be about 10 days ago, that Saturday night game. And they obviously won that one outright. Once again, I was too much of a coward to add any money line. But St. Mary's, a team that always seems to be a a thorn in the Zags side at some point in the season. They got the win at home. Zags just kind of have to sit on that for over a week. They come out, smoke San Francisco first half, 47-27, 20-point lead into into the locker room, let up in the second half for sure. I think they just re-lock in here for this revenge spot against St. Mary's coming off that loss, and we're going to see a similar first half here um they won the first half when they hosted saint mary's by double digits what was it 14 16 um when they played earlier in the year i think this is going to be another zags by double digits going into the locker room um any any play for you in this game or just some uh, a lean or or thoughts
0: yeah I, i think you're right so you know listen i i have all the analytics sites open all day long right i look at all the numbers and everything sometimes though it's just it's hard to explain sports are hard to explain yeah and the thing is is that if you watch the Gonzaga St. Mary's game, it, it was just one of those games, right? It was one of those games where the home team was hyped up. The Zags didn't quite have their normal energy. The uh, St. Mary's got jumped up on them early, and, and then they see that suffocating defense. Uh, if you watch the game, the Zags missed a lot of shots close to the rim, something they never do, right? They dominate near the rim. Yep. So I think this sets up well for a, for a Gonzaga victory. And I'll be honest, I don't love Tuesday's card. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. When we get to Wednesday, uh, you know, you know, you don't love the card when you end up with Marist. So <laughs> the, right. I, I like Marist over Quinnipiac.
2: We're, we're not here. There you go. There's your Tuesday play from Thomas. Um, we're not here to talk about games. We don't like, and uh, I'm with you. I, I have two spots. One of them's Clemson. Hopefully when you're listening to this um, you're watching them do very, very well in that ACC tournament game. Um, and my favorite one was the Zags first half. So I brought that up. No need to to keep going on Tuesday. Let's just go right into Wednesday. Um, the the floor is yours here. Take me to uh, take me to a spot you're looking at.
0: So when we get into these early tournament games, I, I try to find some low numbers what we're, that I think are a little bit off, right? You, one is in the Pac-12. I think Arizona State has really turned their season around. They're playing well. I right. actually would have taken them as a long shot uh, Pac-12 uh, winner, but they ended up in Arizona's bracket, and, and they got them. You know, the, the Arizona's by far and away, in my opinion, and the this best is, team in the I'll, Pac-12. And I'll stop
2: you for one second and say this is kind of exactly what we were talking about in futures. Like, you can have a team that you love. But you need to look at their path. Yes. And what they need to go through. Like, that's great if you love Arizona State or you love Team X. But if they have one of these powerhouse contenders, Final Four teams in their way, Maybe look at a game rather than taking the big future number.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a, where some people trip up in the NCAA tournament. You know, listen, I love teams like Chattanooga. You know, I like Towson, but they, they lost. But you can't just blindly bet them, right? Who are they mm-hmm. playing? Is there the classic example I always use is a few years ago when Kansas played Northeastern. I love Northeastern. That line went down to four. I'm not betting northeastern plus four against Kansas. Now Kansas ended up blowing them out. It didn't matter. But my point was: is you need a near perfect game and almost an outright win to, to hit that. You know. So you're right. You got you got to watch out. To and that's the thing with Arizona State is. They're playing well. Stanford hasn't won a game. And I, I, geez, I think it was January the last time that team won a game. Um, Doesn't matter in a tournament setting. Maybe they turn it around. But I think Arizona State minus the two and a half minus the three is a good spot tomorrow. I'm I'm
2: with you there. I I like that spot. Um, Let me talk about a game that I haven't bet, but a team that just following you on Twitter, I, I see plenty of thoughts on and that's Syracuse who has been one of the worst versions of Syracuse that we've ever seen. Um, And man, are they bad closing games, Mm -hmm. Uh, like God awful. And the Miami one just highlighted it. I don't know how much, I don't remember how I didn't watch any of it because I had Syracuse circled. I was like, it's a good spot for Syracuse. And I'm proud of myself for not betting it because I would have wanted to rip my head off. They were up a million and they were up big late and collapsed and still lost If anything, like I would only if I had to play Syracuse, I would only play them on a first half line at this point because of how bad they collapse late in games. Um, But an interesting one against FSU. It's a noon tip on a Wednesday. So for people that are home, it's like, you know, college basketball afternoon. It's starting up any lean on this one. Any thoughts on this one? Because I know you like to go against Syracuse, which is working. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I mean, listen, I'm a Syracuse fan. I've been one for, you know, close to four decades. But, you know, you look at this, you look at this team, they play like five guys, five and a half guys, right? Uh, Joe Girard, who's from my area, who I root for, is playing 40 minutes a game at point guard he's a 20 minute, a game player, right? So these guys are playing much longer than they need to be uh, because of the lack of depth. And that's what you're seeing late in the games. They're, they're worn down. The, they don't have bench players. Uh, they rank uh, like bottom five, bottom 10 in college basketball and bench minutes. So a team like Florida State, but well, that Leonard Hamilton Hamilton can coach, man. They've lost like half their team and they ended the season hot. Started with that last second shot against Virginia. I will say this: Florida State has traditionally done pretty well against the two-three zone. Teams either know how to attack it or they don't. Florida State does know how to attack it, they get the ball inside, they work foul line out against it. So I think I'm gonna I like a hot Florida State team. To come in here and beat Syracuse I know Syracuse will probably get some of the money Big East tournament but man this is not close to the type of Syracuse team we've seen even in years where they've gone like 19 and 12 or this is a bad bad team
2: yep I'm I'm with you there um you we're talking about teams in FSU down so many guys a team on Wednesday that is You know, finally shaping up and and getting some guys is the Butler Bulldogs in the Big East, uh, in the Big East tournament. I kind of it's come down a little bit. I wish I had grabbed the six and a half. I don't think it's sitting there anymore um, on DK Sportsbook. Let me see. Eh, We'll scroll to it later. Um, Butler getting points, anything or anything around six here against Xavier, who has not been great lately, um, that that has my attention more so than than anything in those earlier games in, in the Big East on on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, and the thing about Xavier is they're, they're kind of similar to Syracuse. I mean, they've been blowing games. You know, they've struggled down the stretch. Now they're six on a neutral core. I think that's a little high in that game. Butler plays better at home than on the road, but overall the matchup is is pretty even the but hey i i believe the winner plays providence right so according to everybody how lucky providence is i guess butler's going to win this game and and get, get you know get xavier out of there but the yeah this i would lean the points here i just you know xavier was a double digit favorite over georgetown on saturday and i just thought to myself how bad is that Hoyas program right now that Xavier's a double-digit favorite over someone? I kind of look at this the same way. I just can't lay points with that team right now. Um, let's
2: let's talk about the Big East really quick from the uh, Futures perspective because Providence, that team that everybody says is so lucky, and they are, I just think it has to be a combination of them also being really good late in games because it's happened so many times. So I think it has to be a combination of the two. They, it, it can be both. They can be lucky and they can be good executing late in games, and it's just all come together. Um, I am very interested looking in that bracket at, at taking them plus 500 to win the Big East. It's kind of a disrespectful number considering you know them being the one seed. That said, I think Villanova has their number. They beat them both times in the regular season. I think they would beat them again if they met in the Big East final. But like your, uh, you know, theory with some of these other conferences, just take the team at the bigger number on the other side of the bracket and worry about it later. I'm kind of interested in taking Providence plus 500. And if we get, you know, chalk in the Big East playing Villanova once we get to that uh, title game, any thoughts further down the line in the Big East?
0: Yeah. So I, I'm a, listen, I'm a Providence fan. I, I root for teams like Providence and UNC Wilmington. I think they're great for basketball. You know, these teams that keep what Wisconsin teams that keep winning in the final seconds. I, I actually enjoy them. But in my opinion, the two best teams in the Big East are going to meet before the finals, and that's UConn and Villanova. That's going to be a bloodbath. That's, that's that's how a lot gonna, of people feel, too. Yeah, I was going to take UConn to win the Big East, but I just, you know, now you got to beat uh, Nova early, then you might have Providence later. Those are all going to be tight games. So I think in the NCAA tournament, UConn is set up. To to have the most success. I actually, I took a futures on them a while back at 60 to one. And that's not just why I'm saying it. if it was a bad pick, I would tell you, I just think they've been injured throughout the season. You know, they've had issues here and there. They've lost a few close games, the way their guards can pressure the ball and the way they rebound. I think that's going to give teams trouble in the NCAA tournament, but that's again, that's, if I was going to take a team, I would take it at the top of the big East, but I kind of have a feeling this big East tournament could be crazy uh i think you could see some crazy we saw it last year with georgetown who is still trying to figure out how they made the tournament but it's going to be a good tournament it's going to be a lot of close games so if you can get points in that tournament i'd take them
2: i'll say that i don't think georgetown is going to win the biggest no this that, year. that
0: i'm sure of that <laughs> and
2: um we can we can leave it at that um all right let's move through the board uh a, a little bit but well Anything? Anything else on Wednesday specifically in terms of games that that jumps out to you?
0: The uh, only the other one I'm looking at right now is that Penn State uh, Minnesota matchup. Uh, okay. I, I think Penn State's a little bit undervalued. The I, I know they're better at home, but Minnesota that's a team I think that is just playing out the season at this point. So I am going to look into that game a little bit more. I have I haven't dove right into it, but the uh, Penn State minus two two and a half was something that stuck out to me.
2: All right, there you go. And I will say on the Wednesday card like and I'm bringing up the eight, uh the ACC tournament bracket right now. And I mentioned the Clemson NC State game. Everybody playing in the ACC on Tuesday stinks. They are not good. Um and they're going to start to play some decent teams on on Wednesday. So the numbers might be bigger than I want, but those are just spots that I'm going to uh I'm going to wind up Looking at, you know, like we said, a Virginia, a Virginia Tech in those games, sitting around waiting for some of these bad teams uh, that, that win on, on Tuesday. Um, And then the big dogs come out on Thursday. Is there any, does anything there, you know, that you have circled or you want to just move on to other conferences?
0: No, I I'm I'm good. I you know the, the only team that will I want to see Clemson in its first game. The okay. I think they're a little bit better than their record indicates. Uh, missing some guys at the end of the season, got won a few games. That's the only team there that I think uh, could win a game or two in the tournament. All right, um,
2: let's go from you know we talked about Duke, who's minus one twenty five. It's almost like a Duke versus the field in the ACC. Another major conference that. The odds reflect that would be the Pac 12, where Arizona is minus 120. This one, I'm not jumping up to bet like I am with Duke, not because I don't think Arizona is really good and has the potential to go to the Final Four and win at all, but because the rest of the Pac 12 is not the rest of the ACC, like Duke will get to go through. This is UCLA plus 160. Um, big drop off, USC plus 1,000, Oregon's in there plus 1,500. Um, then it gets longer and longer. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the Pac-12, whether it be any any specific matchup or game that you're, you're looking into, or futures odds-wise, is there a team that you like there, or is it going to be Arizona?
0: I think this is a collision course with Arizona and UCLA. The, this, Probably. This conference has been top-heavy. Now, if Oregon had shown any signs of life later in the season, I might have thought they had a chance. Colorado, I don't think, got a great draw. The, they were a young team that's playing a little bit better, but they might have Oregon in that first game and Arizona in the second game. I don't. That's a tough draw to, to bet them in a futures market. Like I said, Arizona State didn't really get a good draw. Yeah, I think I, this has Arizona UCLA three on a neutral court written all over it. So that's what I would expect. I wouldn't look for much value in this conference. Who wins that game? Arizona.
2: Okay. I agree. I agree with you. Um, and I think people say that, um, you know, the way UCLA got that, uh, got that first game, UCLA won the first game, right?
0: Yeah. Arizona, uh, Arizona, Arizona, Arizona couldn't make won. a shot. It was a, one of the worst shooting performances I've seen all season.
2: Yes. Um, that's right. Okay. Yes. I forgot that game for a second. I think a lot of things people think because it was a split they kind of like UCLA and the Final Four run last year and the higher ranking earlier in the year. Whereas if you look at the box score in that first one, it was just Arizona killing themselves. And if they you know shot their averages, this might be 2-0 Arizona. Um so I, I do agree with you there. I'm not gonna take the minus 120 with Arizona, even though I do think that they they wind up winning this one, even though the rest of the field is better. Um Couple last conferences before we get to the two that I know you have pending uh, futures in. Let's go to a conference that I am pretty down on and, and ready to ready to fade, and that's the big Ten. Um, and I say ready to fade. When we get to the big dance, I think the Big Ten is going to be that team that everybody's disappointed in, that goes, that wins like one or two first-round games or something like that. Um, every time I bet on Purdue, they disappoint me. Like, I get that they're good, but they're not that good. There's no way I can bet them as the favorite. Illinois is let down. Iowa's four to one in there. Wisconsin is the regular season champ at plus 800. Ohio State's been dreadful. They're 12 to one. Michigan, 12 to one. Izzo, 2,500. The only way that I can bet the big 10 is by taking a long shot because I think it's going to be a weird tournament and your Purdue's and your Illinois and whatnot will, will let down. That said, I'm probably not touching anything, but from game to game, there are a couple teams in this conference that I'll be looking to fade. Um, any thoughts on the big 10? And do you agree that they're a team that probably lets down once we get to the, uh, the big dance, and we can kind of fade some of those teams.
0: Yeah, I don't like any team in the in the Big Ten. I really Same. don't. That, <laughs> none people like Illinois, I don't get it. Uh their their defense off the dribble is awful. Uh, you know, they're you know, Corbello is, is an awful, awful defender. They're gonna play a team early on with guards that can get to the rim that's gonna give them a lot of trouble. Uh Purdue, I haven't liked them all season. I listen, Purdue's defense has been bad all year. Now their offense doesn't look good. So I don't know how you can love that Purdue team going into the tournament. Uh, and I also think that Purdue's quote unquote talent is overrated. I think they have I think they have Ivy and a, and, and a and a and a guy who's eight feet tall down low. Yeah. That's what I think Purdue has. Um Wisconsin looked like a high school team without Davis out there after he got right. So, I mean, we know how important he is. So I actually liked them a little bit when I thought they were going to get the one seed and they were like plus 600, but after the injury, and then they got in the uh, bottom part of the bracket, Iowa, I haven't liked all season. If I don't have a first round bet against Ohio state, regardless of who they play in the NCAA tournament, I'm probably in some kind of coma. So (laughs) the, you know, ironically with the big 10, uh, the only thing I could really see is like a team like Michigan who kind of wakes up and gets to the sweet 16, something like that I think is more likely than a bunch of those uh, higher end teams uh, making a, making a run. And in, I mean, Indiana has no no chance at all to win a game in the tournament, in my opinion. I agree with you and I'm totally on
2: board with the Ohio state fade. Um, they've been dreadful lately. Um, all right. One more that, one more that I wanted to talk about, is an interesting one before we get to the two that I know you have bets on. And that would be the Atlantic 10, my Atlantic 10. I'm i I'm a Rhode Island Ram. um, So I followed the a 10 a little bit closer than most, but this conference is, is very up in the air. There's been a lot of good teams. I had my biggest college basketball futures bet was St. Bonaventure to win the a 10 regular season. Um, They won the regular season the conference championship last year and brought back all five starters and added bench depth in the transfer portal. And nothing came of it. Um, They showed no depth. They play all five starters as close to 40 minutes a game as they possibly can. When one is out, the whole chain is broken and it doesn't work. Um, We saw that with Oshuni missing a game against VCU and them getting smoked. Um, They came back. He came back. They won the game they needed to win at home on senior night to get the four seed, get a first round bye in the a 10 tournament. Um, the Bonnies have cost me some coin this season. And here I am looking at them plus 450 to win the A10, thinking that if they can just piece it together for a few games, this is a far better number than we would have seen, you know, if they had had the season they were supposed to. They just got to win this A10 tournament to get in.
0: Do you want to talk me out of my blind spot for the Bonnies here? Well, I think the A10 is a like you said, is kind of up in the air. Dayton's the most talented team, but they're very, very young. You know, I, I yeah. think they're a year Dayton's away. Team next year. Next for... year is going to be fantastic. Yep. So you know, they're the favorite. They might be a little overvalued in the tournament. You know, Davidson's a team I haven't had a good read on all season. I just haven't. I, I didn't think much of them coming into the year and they keep it kind of like Providence. They keep winning games. So they're what but I could see you know vcu i don't mind it's like plus 400 uh, you know they're playing really well i don't mind picking a team in that kind of range even our, it, listen if you richmond. like richmond if you like richmond uh, the i th- i think they're very very disappointing this year but again a team that can get hot in that tournament all those teams are just kind of jumbled together in my opinion. The, the, none of them really stand out over another. It's not like the Pac-12 or the Big East where you see a couple teams and you say, these are the two best teams. I think you can make an argument for four or five teams in the Atlantic 10. So when you get to that point, I like taking value instead of the favorite.
2: Yep, I'm with you. And I'm using I'm using nothing from this season to justify potentially backing the Bonnies I'm still chasing what they're supposed to be, even though they haven't been it, which usually is... Not a smart thing to do. Um, But (laughs) group of seniors, they've all been together. It could be their last year rally to win the A-10. Like I don't there's something there's something more that I'm going to continue chasing after there. And
0: yeah. And one thing about St. Bonaventure to remember, this isn't going to sound right because of what just happened. But you mentioned that they were missing a player. They match up well with VCU because of their guard play. I, I actually took the Bonnies in that game and they got beat by 50. But <laughs> they, they can beat the press with their guards. That was just one of those games where nothing was going right. But if they meet again and they're healthy, uh, St. Bonaventure would be a big play for me because I think the line's going to be overvalued to VCU based on what just happened. But if you look at the last two years, that hasn't been the norm when those two play.
2: Yep, I'm with you. Um, all right. Let's talk the two conferences that you have futures in, in your, uh, your article that you have up on NBC sports edge before we get out of here. Quick big 12, Kansas Baylor, Kansas Baylor. You're on neither. Go ahead. Tell us why.
0: Well, yeah, I have a futures on Kansas to win it all actually, but I I just don't like the team. I, 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 every time I, they, they don't have the depth they're soft interior. I think the two best teams are Texas tech and Baylor. I think whoever wins that game is going to win the tournament. Texas Tech's gotten them twice this year. It's hard to beat the defending national champions three times. I just like the way Texas Tech matches up with them. In my opinion, Texas Tech is the best overall team. I know they're not great on the road, but their two-point defense and their two-point offense are so good that I think in close games, that's going to be a factor. If Baylor was fully healthy, I, I would side with them. But because they're not, I give Texas Tech the edge. But the winner of that game, I think, wins the Big 12 tournament.
2: Fair enough. I like it. I'm kind of I was kind of looking at backing Kansas some after the uh, the Baylor loss and thinking it would spark something. They just haven't been they haven't been good since. And I know they covered against Texas, but that was, you know, one of those wild overtime ones that I could not believe they got there. They easily could have lost the game outright. Um, Kansas is a team I've been high on like all season. And I'm with you. I kind of don't like the team. I'm ready to potentially fade them. Um, whether it be in the big 12 or, uh, you know, once things get going after selection Sunday, I'm, they got a lot of seniors that want to win, but something about them just hasn't been right lately. Um, okay. My favorite conference in college basketball this season, the sec has been tremendous. Um, Kentucky above Auburn now in the odds to, to, to win the, the sec tournament, and I think that's correct. I think Kentucky is the team. And I said this on this podcast last week when we had Greg Peterson from VEASAN on, I asked, I picked a team that I think was like the most matchup proof to make a final four run. One of those teams where we've been talking so much about looking at the bracket. If I tell you, you can't see a bracket, who is the most matchup proof team to make a final four run for me, it's Kentucky. Greg also said Kentucky. And, um, Thomas, we can get your thoughts on Kentucky too, but I know you're on somebody using your theory here on the other side of the bracket in the SEC to get there, Um, that being Arkansas. So you can give me your thoughts on, on Arkansas and you can just talk about the SEC as a whole because I think they're just such a fantastic conference right now for basketball.
0: Yeah, I would say Kentucky too is the best team in the country. Okay. I have futures on both Auburn at 70 to 1 and Kentucky at 20 to 1 to win it all. Uh, you I have the think... best number
2: in the nation on Auburn. I've been seeing, I know that's pinned at the top of yeah. your profile page just so people know that you have that number. They
0: lose one more game and I'm going to unpin it. But <laughs> the, I do think. To me, Auburn looked a little mentally exhausted at the end of the season. The Their guards, it, part of my cap was Alan Flanagan coming back off the Achilles injury. And by the time the tournament started, he would be a big factor. He just hasn't been the same player. So I think that's hurt the Tigers. I still think they're a very good team. I think Kentucky's the best team in the country when they are healthy. You have to remember, they've been playing with two guards, first of all, who were out in Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington. Then they came back. Uh, Washington wasn't close to 100% when he first came back. They should be pr- good to go now in the SEC tournament. So you look at them in the bottom of the bracket. I took Arkansas plus 750 because I don't understand the number. The, to me, you look at 14-2 and two last 16 games. Lost two road games to Tennessee and Alabama by a total of five points. This team can play with anybody. I think it should be closer to 500. So you, know, you I think this is going to be one of those conferences where it's going to be Kentucky. Versus either Auburn or Arkansas. Whoever wins that Auburn Arkansas game, you know, I don't think you're going to see a ton of upsets. The the this is a deep conference. It's a deep conference, but I think those yeah. first couple teams are just so good that they'll find a way to get to the finals. So I'm thinking it's going to be a Kentucky Arkansas final, and I'm going to roll with the Hogs.
2: All right, there you go. Um, I, I'm I'm this one is one that I, I saw you on, and you might have sold me on, and I. I love Kentucky, but I might just get the Arkansas number and uh, root for them against Auburn. And then, yeah, it's just, uh,
0: I mean, think about it. If they get to the finals, it ain't going to be plus 750, right? It's uh, no, a, <laughs> so, but, but I agree. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you this if Kentucky plays Gonzaga at any point in the tournament, I'm going to have a lot of money on the Wildcats. I, think, I mean, and, and people are going to look at the down low stuff, right? They're going to look at the big O. They're going to look at Chet Holmgren. They're going to dissect that. To me, Kentucky's guards dominate that game, similar to the way Alabama did against Gonzaga. Too much athleticism on the perimeter. I'm
2: 100% with you there. Um, and that would, I've, I've said it. I've actually talked about that potential matchup as well. And I'm 100% with you. I'm I mean, I'm just Kentucky. I think Kentucky's the best team um however you want to invest in them final four to win it all whatever um i think it's worth it uh and yes that matchup specifically against gonzaga we'll see how the seating winds up if that could be a one two elite eight game or if it's going to have to be a final four um game it probably has to be a final four game but uh yes I, w- I would love to take kentucky as a uh as a dog in that game with the guard depth that they have they have chibwe to match up with with one of those two bigs and they'll just kind of uh, that would be with Timmy. They'll they'll figure figure homegrown out. He's young. He can make mistakes. Um all right, before we wrap, I guess any any overall thoughts. Do you see do you see value in betting anyone to to make the final 4? Like we just talked about a Kentucky final 4 run, but they're only plus 150 to get there. Is it better to just roll it over on money lines? Um any any specific, I know you have a, you have a lot of open futures tickets over, but anything specific still left on the board. And even if it's not a specific bet, just any any thought that you have going into March Madness that you want to leave betters with uh, for, for the
0: future. Yeah. I think it's going to be a crazy tournament. I don't, you know, we mentioned Kentucky Gonzaga. I think they're the two best teams, Arizona probably in there too, but I think you're going to see a lot of craziness early on. Look at teams like UConn, someone you like a little bit further down the the rankings. if, If you like them to make the final four, the other thing I'll say is this though, the odds makers over the last five to seven years have figured this all out. I used to bet all underdogs in the first round. Now I think the value is with some of those favorites. You're going to get a team like LSU is going to be like a six-point favorite, right? Yeah, You say what you want about LSU and the SEC. That team's athletic. They defend. They're a tough matchup. So if you get a team that's not very athletic, they'll beat that team by 15, 20 points. So one of the strategies I've kind of changed over the years is I look a lot at at those – at those three to seven point spreads, because I think the values with the favorite, uh, like and we mentioned the Kansas Northeastern game a couple of years ago, that's what really kind of turned me on it, was like, I can't bet Northeastern plus four, that's ridiculous. So I would say that, look for some short favorites in the first round, but expect some upsets uh, uh, during the weekend. That, that second Saturday and Sunday, some teams that people have projected to go to the final four aren't going to be around anymore.
2: Yep. I I like all that. And I think what I think what you're touching on is just kind of, you know, more and more people are starting to everybody makes their brackets, but more and more people are starting to bet and get kind of fall in love with these trendy upsets. Everybody hears about, oh, this is going to be the 12 over the five. And then it just gets to the point where it's like, all right, I mean, if you're going to give me, I'm laying three and a half here with the five seed, that's a much better team than the 12 seed. I'm gonna roll with it. There's some examples where that doesn't work, but I just yeah, and I think the talking great.
0: the talking heads get into that too. Last year, Arkansas was one of my biggest bets ever against Colgate you know people said they loved Colgate well they only played six teams all season and they were all in the Patriot League they play the same style as Arkansas you tell me how they're going to beat the Hawks because I couldn't see it right but you go on TV and everyone's telling you Colgate 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 so you know look in, look into these matchups a little bit because a lot of times the people on TV are are just riding a team that they kind of like they're not really looking at the matchup boom
2: there's plenty of analysis uh, from Thomas Casali, you can find him on Twitter at the Tom Kasali college hoops college football over at NBC sports bet um, Thomas thank you for joining us on the unreasonable odds podcast man no problem thanks a lot for having me anytime um, it's all college hoops right now guys so we will be back on the other side of this with college basketball analyst Jeff Goodman All right, everybody, welcome back in to the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. Thank you to Thomas Casali for coming on the front end of the pod and uh, shedding some analysis. And as promised, now we are back with Jeff Goodman. Um, are, we are we talking Aaron Rodgers? Are we talking Aaron Rodgers? We can touch some some Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no, no um, I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm good.
1: <laughs> I'm good with closing the book on Aaron Rodgers now.
2: At Goodman Hoops on Twitter, basketball analyst over at Stadium. Maybe not an Aaron Rodgers fan. Um, No, I like that talk. We don't, we're not going to talk about him, but yes, that is breaking news. Like as we started to record all that talk about, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave. I got to get out of here. Okay, fine. Give me the 200 mil. I'm back.
1: Yeah. Come on. Did anybody think he wasn't going to take that money and stay in green Bay? Come on. Give me a
2: break. He, well, he made it seem like he wasn't going to, which is the part that I think people don't like. So that's he loves
1: himself the drama doesn't he
2: yes oh i can't be bought i can't be bought i can't be bought okay you have bought me um (laughs) yes i'm I'm in i'm in agreement there and the packers are going to win 13 games and win the division again and then probably choke in the playoffs we've (laughs) already solved we've already solved the whole puzzle for you uh there's your nfl take in uh march but yes we're recording on tuesday march 8th so we're not going to waste time on the nfl We are going to just dive right into the hardwood for college hoops. Um, It's been awesome so far. Um, I had a Chattanooga ticket to uh, win their conference tournament last night, and we got our first real March moment. I jumped off my couch all by myself uh, when that shot went in. That was awesome. March is here. Um, Before we look ahead at some of these conference tournaments and even the NCAA tournament, Um, you were one of the fortunate ones, uh, you know, working at Cameron Indoor Stadium, Coach K's last game on, on Saturday. Um, I've never been a huge Duke guy. Never been a huge Coach K guy myself, actually a a Tar Heel fan growing up, not the best product of them this year, but I did play them plus 11 and a half on Saturday. Uh, Too much of a coward to play any money line. I, I did not see that happening.
1: Who who Um, would
2: have? It just seemed like too many points when I thought, you know, this could, Duke could be tight. They could be a little nervous, a little bit of a distraction. And it certainly proved to be that. And UNC uh, kind of on the bubble team, I thought they would be in either way, but get a win that places them firmly in, in the field. Um, Just give me your, your take kind of from your vantage point of being there on Saturday and what you thought of the game.
1: Yeah. I mean, incredible. You don't have to be a Duke fan to uh, really appreciate the environment at Cameron. And and for us as media members, It's even cooler because at most places, they've started to put us higher up when you go to games because they want to give, obviously, those front row seats, you know, courtside are worth a ton of money. Well, Duke hasn't changed it. We're literally there. And I can't even stand for the national anthem because I'm tucked in and I've got these fans jammed up against me. I can't get up. You have to jump over the, the, the table to get to your seat. It's, it's awesome. I mean, the, the atmosphere was great. The outcome I actually thought was really cool. You know, again, most people would kind of, you know, disagree with that, but it was cool for a couple of reasons. One, Hubert Davis had been crucified all year and rightfully so Carolina sucked for most of the year, lost yeah. to any good team. It didn't just lose, got pummeled by every good team. So he wins kind of vindicates himself a little bit and just to, to watch K, and have to kind of pivot away from, you know, he thought he was going to celebrate a win yeah. and his final game, home game at Cameron and smiles and whatnot. And instead he got pissed off early and and basically apologized and said that was unacceptable to the crowd. And then he was good later, to be honest. He was pretty good, Julian, with the media. Afterwards, once he, he had a chance to probably, you know, kind of look at it from a, a big picture perspective of, hey, you know what? This sucks, but ultimately I got to appreciate what I have here. I got my 10 grandkids, kids here. I got my three daughters. This is a crazy moment. I'm going to try to appreciate it
2: for what it is. And he should have been good to you guys because you guys have been good to him over a lot of years. So I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um, Sticking in the ACC specifically, the result of that game aside from being, you know, I don't, I don't want to say I'm a UNC fan. I just kind of always sided with them growing up. So I didn't like Duke. So it was a fun, fun, fun result. Um, my rooting interests now are with the same colors. I'm a Rhode Island Ram, um, which is torture over in the Yeah, A-10. well, you'll,
1: you'll have a new coach soon.
2: Uh, I, I kind of like Cox, but yeah, he's got to go. Um, anyway, sticking with the ACC the result of that game rooting interest aside was was perfect for me as a sports better because number one i had the unc plus 11 and a half yeah. ticket number two i have duke minus 125 to win that acc tournament it's basically like duke versus the field right i love that they lost that game yeah. Yeah. because yes. now they have to come into an acc in a down year pissed off They're going to get now they can hear it after that loss and they're going to come out. We're going to get the best version of them. They're going to be sharp. And that field stinks. Like they're they're going to get, they're going to get a Syracuse FSU game, then go right into a probably Miami wake game. And then you're in the championship with what a Notre Dame, a Virginia, Virginia tech, maybe a Carolina, you, whatever it might be on the other side. And they're going to be a huge favorite in that game. So like, I just think this sets up, even though it's Duke versus the field, just give me Duke straight through the ACC three games and, and get the best seed that they can get.
1: Yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree with you. I think the only team I'd be scared of if I'm Duke is Carolina again, just because they had just really? beat them at Cameron. So why can't they beat them again in Barclays? So, and, and they've got – now they've got a, a little bit of swagger. R.J. Davis was awesome. Brady Manic is what he is. Baycott kind of is what he is. But they won – really without Caleb love doing a whole hell of a lot and and everybody thinks he's the key to him, but I think
2: it's RJ Davis. And he was, and he was in that game for sure. Um, Starters didn't come off the floor for Carolina. The second half of that game, they needed, you know, all those pieces together and it could not come undone. You could not rest anybody for a minute or it could come undone, um, but it worked for him. Um, All right. Let's go from the ACC over to the big East. Um, Yep. I know. I think. Were you at the game at the dunk against Villanova? I was. I was. covered that one. So going from one Cameron Indoor Stadium yeah. to another one. Um, dunk's cool. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not a Providence guy. Um, I like to go over to the Ryan Center in Kingston when Providence comes to town, and uh, you know, hope that it goes the right way for once. But one seed in the Big East tournament, Providence below Villanova, below UConn in the odds plus 500, the third favorite on the board to win the Big East. They're clearly being slighted. And also Villanova and UConn are going to have to duke it out to to get there. Um, I don't – I think that Villanova has Providence's number. They beat them twice this year. The second half of that Providence game on the road, they came roaring back from, I think, 14 down to lose by two. Um, So they can hang with Nova. I just think betting Providence plus 500 – And then waiting to see about UConn and Villanova on the other side and then figuring it out um, is the way to go. I still ultimately think Villanova gets there. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win the Big East. I think they have Providence's number. Um, And I don't think it can be anybody but those three teams. Your thoughts on the Big East, Jeff.
1: So I I agree. I mean, I go Villanova. I I feel like, again, not winning the regular season title. They're not going to not win both. But. So I, I might sprinkle a little bit on, on Xavier there if I was just because they've been so bad. They, nobody has more on the line than Travis, um, than Travis Steele, Xavier's head coach. He's over three in his first three years. Um, It's a great job. And I think they're like three and eight, three and nine in their last 12 games now. So they're right on the bubble and they've got a, a, a draw that I think sets up, right. They've got Butler in the first game. So, they get Butler, which they should be able to do. They've got talent. Um, then they get Providence as a one seed. And again, I, listen, Providence has earned it, just like Wisconsin they, like has Xavier earned and it. Providence
2: wasn't that like a triple overtime game yeah. dunk? Like yes. So they already played
1: them tight. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like if you beat Providence, then you get Marquette or Creighton. I, I just I like their road at plus fourteen hundred. I kind of. I kind of like their road. So I might throw a little bit on, on Xavier, um, but Villanova to me is probably hard, to, hard to go against because I, I just don't see him not winning both the regular season and the tournament title.
2: All right. Let's talk about what I think is the most talented conference in the uh, in the nation. And that would be the sec. Um I have I've been trying to debate my my guests here in the sports betting space that we've had on Jeff. We had Greg yeah. Peterson from Vsin on last week. We just had Thomas Casali on uh, prior to you from uh, NBC Sports Bet, and I've been telling them, you know, I don't whether Kentucky wins the SEC or not. I, I'm not totally sure. I, I I like them too. They're the plus one ninety favorites over a team like Auburn for a reason. But what I keep saying about Kentucky is like before you bet a team to make the final four or win it all, it's really helpful to see the bracket. What's their path? Like the path you just laid out for Xavier in the big East. But if I had to pick one team to get there and I don't really care what their path looks like, Kentucky is that team for me. I think they're almost matchup. They're they're the closest to matchup proof that I can find in terms of whoever, put whoever you want in front of them. I think they're going to beat them with that backcourt depth that they're getting back all healthy, that combination they have. They have the beast yeah. in the middle in Chibwe and they have, you know, your, you know, some Shooters. athletic wings that you can yeah. sprinkle in there, top in whoever. Um, I think they have everything it takes. I, they're my favorite team in the country. Um, how do you feel about Kentucky, I guess, and the rest of the SEC?
1: So I'm with you. I think when when it comes down to NCAA tournament, I'm with you with, with Gonzaga and Kentucky being, you know, one and two for me. Who would, yeah, who would you have see, in, Who do you think wins that game if we see a Gonzaga Kentucky game? I think Gonzaga. I just think Chet and Timmy against Oscar is going to be hard for him. Oscar won't be able to, you know, uh, again, on length, we haven't seen Oscar on that type of length. Right? Like Chet, I know Oscar is bigger, stronger, all that, but again, you you could throw Timmy and uh and Chet on him. So I think that would be a hell of a game. My um, it
2: would it would be. I think she, if she can neutralize Timmy enough that Kentucky's guards are a bigger advantage than whatever Chet Holmgren would be against whatever else is left. Maybe he has a massive game. He probably, he probably does. I would, I like Kentucky in that game and I'm uh, hopefully we get to see it. Whoever's right. be a great
1: game. <laughs> I'm with you. I'd love to see that game in the tournament. I, so here's the, the only thing with me with Kentucky, with the, um, with the sec tournament is they do have probably the toughest draw of any of those, those teams, those top four, four seeds. Cause you know, they could get Alabama in the quarters, then Tennessee, then have to go through uh, Auburn. That, that's much tougher than like Auburn side to me, you know, Auburn's going to get uh, they're going to get the winner of Florida, Texas A&M uh, right no, no, no. Is that right? Yeah. 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 They, and then they'll get Arkansas and I like Arkansas, but I just wonder if Arkansas might've peaked at the wrong time. Not And again, the wrong time is, is a stupid way of saying it because they had to win games. Like right. they, they had to win games just to get back on track to be in the tournament. Um, but I just don't know if they're quite as good as what people are making them out to be right now. I think they, they've got a ton of confidence. I love J.D. Notte. Uh, Jalen Williams has been awesome. But I,
2: again, I just wonder if, if they're going to come down to earth a little bit here. It's fair enough. Um, all right. Let me talk real quick about a conference um, that we were just talking about previous to you coming on that a lot of us are low on, and that would be the big 10. Um, every time I bet a Purdue game, it, it's just not enough. They're not, yeah. they're not good enough. Yeah. Like, and I feel like we can say that about a lot of these big 10 teams, but we don't know it yet because they've just been beating up on each, on each other. Like all these conferences, Ohio state, has been awful i can't wait to go against ohio state wisconsin regular caesar winner uh yes but look what happened when johnny davis you. came off the floor right the other day um michigan's been a letdown maybe they maybe they can spark with Juwan howard back and, and go on a little bit of a run Izzo in march yeah um I don't you know first you can tell me if you do have any thoughts about the big Ten tournament I really don't I think anything could happen if you're gonna bet on it take a long shot bet Michigan State plus 2500. I have no idea um, kind of
1: with you yeah I'm kind of
2: with you ahead. there with Michigan State I'm like why not like it's it's still
1: Tom Izzo last I checked right he's still coaching he didn't he didn't retire yeah. or anything so I'm kind of with you I, I don't love Michigan State but why can't they go on a little bit of a run? And and again, it's, it's worth it at plus 2,500. You know, I would say if you're going to go with one of the favorites, I'd probably go Illinois. You know, I just, I I feel like the values there at at plus three eighty compared to Purdue compared to Iowa, Wisconsin. Like I think if I'm picking a team that I think can win this thing, it's, it's probably
2: Illinois. All right. There you go. That's why, like, I don't have a bet on the big 10 and you know, I would never write an article on it because my job is to like analyze it and there's no analysis. I would just say, you know, take Michigan or Michigan state because I guess the analysis is that everybody's a lot more equal than you would think they are in, in that conference. So speaking of which, when we get to the big dance, um, how do you think the big 10 is going to do? Because this is one where I'm probably going to be looking to bet against a lot of those big 10 teams and and maybe even when you know, drafting sports, but we'll have props come, come out, like, you know, uh, over under wins for the big 10 in the first round. I want under, Um, how do you how many teams do you think they get in? How do you think they do? Because I don't think they do well.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's, it's all on, you know, I, I loved Purdue early. But the more you see them defensively, the more you're like, I just don't think they can make a, a
2: deep, deep run. Can they get to the – final? yeah, maybe they get to the final. They just three. have – they have all the pieces. Right. And they, like, kind of pass the eye test, but they never actually yeah. do it.
1: Yeah, and, and and again, their point guard play to me is still average at best. And, and to me, you need a, a really good point guard situation. Illinois is interesting. I mean, obviously the Curbelo injury concussion has really kind of set them back. as. I thought he'd be the guy. And, uh, and you throw Corbello, a healthy Corbello out there with Frazier with obviously Plummer has been awesome for them this year, shooting the ball and then Kofi down low. Like you've got everything you need. And Demonte Williams, just a great role guy. So I, I think Illinois has a chance. I do, but, but again, Bello worries me cause he's so erratic and you don't know what you're going to get from him. So I'm kind of with you with, with big 10 and, I, you know, those other teams are all average. Like I don't think Iowa can make a deep run. Wisconsin, yeah. Ohio State, point guard play worries me. Michigan, yeah, Rutgers, Michigan State. So I think they'll they're gonna get like probably eight in. Indiana could be the ninth, I guess. If I, I say right. eight, it'll be one of Rutgers or Indiana. So I think they get eight
2: in. All right, there you go. Um is UCLA the only team in the Pac-12 that can beat Arizona in the Pac-12 tournament? Yeah, I've given up on Oregon. I've given up on them. Uh, they've I, been frustrating to see. Oh, say to you. you think?
1: You think? Like it's like just when you think Dan Altman's got to figure it figured out, they they you know go out and you know shit the bed and lose to Cal or something like that. It's just yeah, it's bad. So I have no no faith, no confidence. I'm I'm making a run this week. I'm doing Big East Thursday. Big Ten Friday, and then Mountain West and Pac-12 Finals on Saturday, and I would anticipate I end up seeing a UCLA Arizona matchup uh, in the Pac-12. Although, again, like you know, are those? I mean, I just don't think there's there's any real dominant dominant teams in the country this year that are unbeatable. I mean, we just saw Duke lose at home to Carolina. I know it's kind of a special situation, but there's just been no team that's been consistently dominant this year. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think we could see a lot of a lot of upsets, a lot of crazy things happening this week in, in the bigger conference tournaments.
2: All right. Last one that I'm going to touch on. It's a smaller one, and it's the one, uh, you know, that I follow closer because of my allegiances. And it's the A-10 tournament that I think is very wide open. It's going to be yeah. an exciting, good tournament, yep. um, you know, for true college basketball fans that want to want to lock into it. Um I, you know, Dayton's the favorite at plus 300. They're a really exciting team. They're a young team. They yeah. are on the up. Next year, they're going to be awesome. Yes. Very um, Davidson had a great year. VCU yep, yep. can play. Now we get to St. Bonaventure, <laughs> who yeah. I made my my biggest future bet of the regular season was the Bonnies to win the A-10 regular season. Oof. They won the regular season last year. Yeah. They won the conference tournament last year they brought all five starters back and added some depth in the transfer pool. It was all there. Yeah. And they couldn't do it. And they're another team. Like we just talked about UNC <sighs> couldn't afford to take a starter off the floor in the second half of that game. When the Bonnies have a starter off the floor, they come undone. We saw You're going to them- double down, Julian. aren't
1: you? Are you going to double down Julian? And- Hold on Jeff.
2: <laughs> we saw, I'm not going to double down because I lost no. too much on the regular season. It was too big of a bet. All right. But well, I, I actually, I kind of can in a sense, because there were like even money in the regular season to win it all. Yeah. Part of it being because it's not a conference championship. If you lose one, you're out. It's right. the, you know, the, the volume one. of the whole season, they were expected to be really good. Um, so St. Bonaventure is plus 450 to win it all, you know? So like, if you put just one unit on it, you're making four and a half back. So like you can, you can win it all back here. Yes. If can go on a little run. So the question that I've been asking people is to, to talk me out of, you know, tell me why St. Bonaventure won't win. Because if they have their five starters and they turn it on, like uh, we know it's there, yeah, but they just haven't done it this season. So like, I'm still chasing. I'm not, it's not like I'm chasing what I saw this year. I'm still chasing what they're supposed to be, um, which is always tough. They had a five, six game span where they like they beat St. Louis twice in there. They were good. I know they have it in them. They just haven't had it in them all year, which makes it kind of dumb to do this, but I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I would
1: do it. I would do it okay. personally. I would. I mean, I just – I feel like, again, now it's coming down to crunch time and, and this is it for them. This is their last throw together. So, I, I would think at this point those five – and and honestly, like – I know you say they went in the portal and in and, and their bench. Well, their whole bench sh- shifted over, though. They lost everybody other than those five because those other guys knew they were never going to play. You know, right, the, the, those five guys are going to play – 32 to 37 minutes every single game so there's true th- there's nothing there so while you're right like all those five starters came back we probably put a little too much on that in a COVID year still in which there were some issues throughout the course of the year that weren't going to allow them to be out there and they had some injuries as well
2: yep yep all right. Well, that eight ten, 10, the Bonnie's plus four fifty is staring me down. We'll, we'll see if I get there. Um, all right. That's it for conference tournaments. But before I do let you go, um, I guess you can just give me some, some overall thoughts. Like, are there any, I, I guess if there's any conference tournament matchup that we already have set that like jumps out to you, you can, you can gonna, go ahead. And I'm going to run,
1: through. I'm going to run through actually to, to win the national title. Uh, there's, go ahead, there's, a couple things I like there. Again, I, I've said this over and over. I don't think there's a dominant, dominant team. Like we saw last year with Gonzaga and obviously Baylor. Yep. I think there's a lot of team. I, I kind of still... Villanova. I think they have the best point guard in the country. The guy I trust the most in Colin Gillespie. They have the best culture in the country. They've won two of the last five NCAA tournament titles. And they got older dudes back. Like, I... at Plus...
2: What are they plus? So they are. Sorry, I had it up um, earlier. To win it all, they are plus twenty five hundred on DraftKings Sportsbook, twenty five to one, I and mean, they're they're six to one to make the final four. Just win. I 40. think they
1: belong in the in the same. Like I would have Gonzaga and Kentucky up here, mm-hmm. right? Those are the two, and then to me, I throw the other ones in a hat: Arizona, Auburn, Duke. Purdue, Kansas, Villanova, maybe Illinois. I kind of like the value here of Illinois. I'm looking at it now plus 3,500. I kind of like that too. But, you know, like how can, how can Illinois be plus 3,500 and Houston be plus 4,000? Like, whoa, who, who, who did that? Drop Houston down. They, they don't have a chance. makers did. I know. Those <laughs> oddsmakers, College
2: basketball traders wow.
1: did. Wow. That, that's a shocker to me. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really like Villanova there. One that I've kind of given up on that can win six straight is Baylor. I, I just, they're too, they're too banged up, you know, without okay. everyday John for the year. And now LJ Cryer is still hurt. I, I just don't see a scenario where they can repeat and and win again. So, um, but Villanova, I just think good value, Illinois,
2: really good value. So one other thing I'll add about Villanova is that they are, I don't know if they currently hold it, but they're right there in the mix for the top free throw shooting team in college basketball that history. Helps. If you yeah. are a college basketball better, there is nothing more frustrating than trying to cover a spread at the end of a game and watching these teams brick free throws. Right. And Villanova doesn't do that. No um, doubt. So They're, unflappable. Teams, They're unflappable. They're yeah. unflappable. And for what these they teams are. that you don't necessarily believe have what it takes to win it all but can make a deep run, I yeah. do have some Villanova, but not to win it all. I have them plus 600 to make the final four win four games instead of six. Yeah, I I love that for them. And then maybe that's where you run into a Kentucky and a Gonzaga and you don't necessarily believe in them anymore. Um, Just a different way to go about it. But um, that's College Hoops Talk with Jeff Goodman. Um, You can find him on Twitter at Goodman Hoops. All of his basketball... Uh analysis for stadium. Um, and obviously you're gonna be all over the place during uh during March. So keep an eye out for good stuff there. Um, always a pleasure having you on, Jeff. And uh NBA draft is around the corner. We did one of those last year, so we'll try and do there one of those it. again this year. Plenty always going we, on. Who there. are you going with? But before we get off,
1: give me give me your, your number one pick. N- not we'll start with who you would take number one. Obviously, yeah. there's there's three guys. There's three and a half guys in the equation. Three guys in the equation. I shouldn't say half. Um, Who was your
2: half that you were going to add?
1: Like Jaden Ivey could crack the top three. He can't go number one,
2: but I think he could crack the top three. I think Jalen Ivey could crack the top three. I was going to list him up there. Um, It's Jabari Smith for me. Me too. Because he, I don't, he's like, I don't, these are lofty comparisons. So I don't want to. Totally use him, but it's he's a little bit like a Jason Tatum, a little bit like an Evan Mobley, or yep. two different players, but like in the middle of them. Size Tatum's a good wise. one. Yeah, Tatum's a good one for him.
1: I like I like the Tatum comp better than anything else. He's a better shooter at the same stage than Tatum was. Not um probably not able to handle it quite
2: as right well as Jason he seems was. Very he seems very in control. Like Tatum yeah. is kind of in control. Yeah. And yes, Tatum's a little smaller, probably has the better handle. And then you have, that's why I threw Evan Mobley's ga- uh, name in there because he has kind of not the length of Mobley, but a longer Tatum with less handle. Like yep, that's yep. probably the guy for me. I think Jaden Ivey is going to be really good. Um, I don't know what broadcast I was watching recently where they threw a John Morant comp in there. That's too lofty for me, yeah, but like yeah. good burst. Yep. skilled. We've seen him hit some big shots. And I'm curious your opinion on Chet Holmgren because like, I don't totally see it right now, to be honest, but I understand when you put the weight on him, he's just such a tooth. If, if you put the weight
1: on that's the big question, not when, it's if, and it's the opposite of the Zion body <laughs> factor, but, but a now, Zion question. Could just, if
2: Zion could just rip 40 pounds off and give it to Chet Holmgren, that would be great for Correct. everyone. <laughs> you worry about
1: both of them for their body builds, yet they have completely opposite body builds. So yes, a lot of, I just talked to an NBA GM the other day and and he told me he would take Chet number four because he's worried about him, you know, holding up in the NBA long-term. So who goes, is it Ben in there is the. Yeah. Paolo Paulo will probably, I, I would think go to, you know, he'll go top three or four. Those are your, your four guys. The one that, that I think had a chance to crack the top four, but he didn't play this year was uh Shaden sharp who enrolled at Kentucky. Will play next season. Yeah, six four, six five from Canada. Great, great athlete. Can score, can pass, can do everything. I, I think he could be the number one pick next year.
2: There you go. All right. It's I assume it's Jabari, it's Jabari Smith for you. Yes. This year, yes. you're on the same page there. Absolutely. I agree. I think he's he's the guy, especially with the way the NBA is trending, especially the way we see That's you right know his type of comps performing right now in the NBA. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. What do you think at last one? What do you Perfect. think Um, Holmgren is like, what do you think he be, he becomes and does it, it just 100% relies on the weight for you? I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's got everything else.
1: If he can just put on weight, you know, listen, he's not dark shooting the ball, but he shot the hell out of it this year. And yeah. he's so much better defensively than Durf. Like he can totally change a game with his ability to block and alter shots.
2: I don't know who he is. I mean, I don't know. Put it this way: like he Chet Holmgren is gonna be a name that people like, but he's an awful bet to win rookie of the year. Right. Because right. he's gonna get bodied when he gets in the league.
1: He won't even honestly like like I, I don't want to say Mitchell Robinson because he, he's he's so much better. Yeah, than Mitchell. But he, but he's kind of like similar in terms of like what he right, Mitchell could step out and make threes. I, I saw it plenty at AU and, you know, but, but Chet's far more trustworthy and it has a much higher ceiling. So he's yep. to me, I, I don't
2: That's no why everybody comps. keeps saying the one of the one of one, the no Yeah. Comp, there's right? no good comp for Chet. Um, and then if you use the Durant one, then that's just way no, too much. that's terrible. That's, right.
1: that's not even like, I always joke with Kevin Durant that he couldn't guard at all when he got to the NBA. He didn't guard. Right. And he laughs at me. He, he thinks he guarded. And I'm like, Kevin, like (laughs) I, I knew you in high school at Texas, early NBA, you did not, you did not guard period. You became really good defensively, but so Chet, Chet is really far ahead on the defensive end and, and he's further ahead shooting the ball than anybody thought. So the only issue you see with Chet Holmgren is weight is weight and he's tough. He fights you like, I, I get he's in the WCC and he's going up against you know guys San Francisco last night that you know look like you and me, but ultimately he still has has proven he's he's not he's not soft by any
2: means. Right. And Durant
0: did
2: Durant can keep the weight off and do it because he's more of a wing, and we know Holmgren's gonna exactly. have to be a big, so he's gonna have to have the weight and take it to the perimeter, whereas Durant doesn't need it and can still play inside with his length. It's exactly. an interesting conversation. We could do this for a long time, and that's why we'll do it again at some point this summer, Jeff, um, and talk some NBA draft when this all rounds out. But again, Jeff Goodman on Twitter, at Goodman Hoops, um, covering basketball for Stadium. I am Julian Edlow, at Julian Edlow. This is the Unreasonable Odds podcast, at Unreasonable Odd on Twitter. Good luck with everything in Conference Championship Week. Hopefully we gave you some good analysis that uh, that helps you guys out. And we will be back next week um, with the bracket in place to talk the real thing, the big dance. It is all happening. Um, talk to you guys next week.